0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we conclude the story of Lady Justice and her newly appointed judge as they track down the traitorous resurrectionist Douglas McMorning. They have tracked McMorning to an old schoolhouse, but the doctor has more than a few tricks up his sleeve. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of The Risk of Reason right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Mortimer's Recreational Autopsies. If you've ever wondered what the inside of a human brain looks like, Mortimer and his buzzsaw can help you satisfy your curiosity. Book your seat now for his next appearance. If you choose to sit in the first three rows, be warned, you're in the splash zone. pause in yet another empty room. This wasn't getting anywhere, and while she was glad that the dead weren't jumping out from every shadow as they did in the sewers, the unnerving calm was stretching everyone's patience to the limit. Then she thought she heard something, a scream, a yell. Quiet, everyone listen, the judge whispered. After a moment she went to the window, her head still cocked, trying to catch the faint sound she heard nothing. Maybe there was movement in that room down on the first floor of the opposite wing. Hard to tell. There weren't any lights. Not that the lady needed light, of course, but surely Collins couldn't manage without sight. They had reached the end of the hallway. Other than a communal bathroom at the center of the hall, all of the doors had led to the same empty rooms. Cots, desks, mildew. The stink was starting to cling to her. God's knew how long it would take to wash off. She went out into the hallway. Peterson was just emerging from the room across the way. The assigned guardsmen were alert, but relaxed in the stairwell as they watched the marshals investigate further. Anything? one of them asked. This floor is clear. Head to the next. The judge's voice trailed off as a figure appeared at the far end of the hall. It was Collins running at top speed. She pulled her peace bringer and aimed just beyond him, fearing something was in pursuit. When it was obvious that nothing was chasing him down, she turned her attention to the winded Collins. What is it? Where's the lady? Her eyes darted back to the hole behind him. The lady sent me back to you. He glanced over his shoulder as Mac and Tochi crested the stairs, surrounded by their guard contingent. They hurried to stand behind Collins, looking just as confused as the judge felt. She said there was something wrong with the walls. Wrong with the walls? The judge asked. She looked at the mildewed plaster. What's that supposed to mean? Just then, the grimy window shook as something across the courtyard exploded. Collins grabbed his sword. She's on her own, he rasped. Not for long. ''Peterson, finish up here. The rest of you, with me,'' she said. ''Oh, boss says you ain't going nowhere.'' A short-squat man descended the stairs at the far end of the hallway. ''Sebastian,'' the judge thought. ''McMorning is here.'' With an awkward gait, he strolled into the hallway, swinging an enormous power saw. ''Boss has plans for you lot.'' Spittle flew from his lips as he laughed the surprised look on the guardsman before him. Slapping his thigh, he accidentally tapped the trigger of the saw. Oh, shoot. The saw roared to life, blade dancing off the ground and nearly jerking the device out of his hands. Things got mine of its own. Idiot, the judge muttered. She signaled to the recruits. Everyone on me, stay together and... Here it is. Thought I dropped it. Sebastian pulled something out of his pocket and flipped a switch. Wakey-wakey! She felt a wave of power wash off Sebastian like an explosion, rippling through the air. Whatever the device was, it crackled and smoked briefly in his hand, eliciting a surprised yowl from the misshapen man. Tossing it to the ground, Sebastian quickly blew on his fingers before wiping his scarred hand on the grimy bib of his overalls. Noises filled the hallway, linen ripping and bones cracking, in the room next to her, the judge heard tearing cloth and splintering wood. She chanced to look inside. A hand ripped free from the mattress, tearing through the desiccated sheets. The hand was spotted with mold and rot. A shoulder followed, then a head. The corpse reached toward her. Found those bodies, Peterson said. The guardsman looked around for an escape, slowly realizing that every room was a trap, and every trap had been sprung. They backed hurriedly toward the judge's position. At least she knew the layout of the sewers. This place was unknown to her. The judge had to think fast. Down the stairs, she snapped. We'll go across the courtyard and meet up with justice. They stood around her, dumbstruck. Get moving! Toshi, still a nervous wreck, shook himself out of his daze. He ran past the judge, nearly shouldering her aside in his rush to escape. He made it to the stairs and started to clatter down, barely touching the steps. Five steps in, the whole staircase collapsed. Tochi shouted and then disappeared into an avalanche of falling timber. The sound of the collapse was deafening. The judge rushed toward him, but there was no helping the fallen man. Blinking through the dust cloud, she made out his broken form within the rubble. There was nothing she could do. The steady revving sound of Sebastian's saw soon cut through the clatter of falling and settling timber. "'The walls,' the judge muttered. She turned to face Sebastian as zombies burst from the walls and lurched into the hallway. Wooden shards and metallic springs pierced their skin as they tore themselves free of their recesses. A panel in the ceiling splintered before collapsing under the weight of hidden bodies. Half a dozen corpses flopped in a tangle of limbs and viscera to the floor, before slowly pushing themselves upright. "'Forget the stairs. We cut through,' the judge said. She drew her blade, relishing the sound of her father's sword leaving its sheath. "'Stay close.' "'I've been thinking a lot about you, Justice.' Bodies interest me?' McMorning said, as he ducked under her sword, still backpedalling. "'How they work. How they don't. You, for example.' Don't work in very interesting ways. Justice refused to be baited by the madman. She set her heels, checked the swing, then brought the sword down in a quick strike, forcing McMorning to scramble to the side. It's your eyes. I never did quite understand them, but I will. By the end of this, you'll be on that table, and I'll be... Ducking another swing, he skidded sideways across the floor, coming to a stop next to a small table covered with instruments. He reached for a circular saw, dragging the blade across the metal tip of the tray. Its teeth chattered and sang a song of promised pain. I thought you wanted to help people. Imagine the things we could learn. The people you could save. Wouldn't it be (laughs) eye-opening? Justice kicked the intervening table aside and pointed her blade at McMorning's belly, quickly following him as he retreated. There wasn't a lot more space for him to run. He kept looking behind him. And that got me thinking. Just how does she do it? The carnage you cause? Is it instinct or something more? The last person who got close enough to figuring it out lost his head. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Poor, poor Nicodem. Don't worry dear, I'll get to the bottom of it. McMorning was wild-eyed and grinning. Even if it means I have to pluck those pretty little eyes from your skull and take a look myself. Justice dashed forward. McMorning watched her charge as he licked his lips, measuring, waiting. What was he doing? She was nearly to him when the doctor slapped the table next to him. Something clicked into place. The explosion caught Justice by surprise. The blast sent her tumbling to the ground. Medical equipment broke her full as she slid to a halt against an overturned desk. A cloud of roiling smoke, putrid and green, wafted over her. McMorning emerged from the murk, grinning wide as ever. Those eyes don't sense everything, do they? Hm. How does it work? Tell me. He plucked wax out of his ears, then worked his jaw until his ears popped. Do you hear, your prey? And, if deafened, is Justice truly blind? <laughs> he strolled over to her, nearly dancing. Lady Justice lay still head tilted against the overturned desk. McMorning kicked her sword away, then raised his saw and knelt, reaching for the blindfold. Only one way to find out. Shall we see? A shard of jagged glass sliced through his wrist, severing tendons and sending a spurt of blood across his coat. He dropped the saw and cursed, spitting profanities as he watched the exposed ligaments in his wrist tighten. Justice tossed the shard aside, then wrapped bloody fingers around McMorning's throat. "'I could be blind, deaf, and numb, but you still stink worse than a month-old corpse,' she hissed. "'Experiment Field, then?' McMorning croaked through a crazed, toothy smile. In a flash, she dragged a scalpel across the soft flesh of Justice's arm, freeing himself from her grasp. Stumbling backward, McMorning fell over the discarded sword, crab-walking the last few feet to put distance between them. Justice rose, ignoring the gash in her arm. She retrieved her blade and coldly stalked toward the doctor. Getting to his feet in a panic, McMorning produced a filthy vial from his pocket and tore the stopper free with his teeth. He screamed and laughed as he poured it over his wound, flesh seared and bubbled while the glowing liquid rolled across his skin. "'That is so annoying!' His voice was suddenly like gurgling venom. "'That was my last one. "'Do you have any idea how long it takes "'to break down a soul stone into a liquid? "'Not to mention the scar.' He twisted his wrist and watched his skin slither across the wound, "'forming a jagged scab in seconds. "'Speaking of scars,' McMorning murmured through clenched teeth, "'still struggling through the pain. "'Maybe we should schedule that exam for another time.' For now, perhaps not a union." The groan and creak of stiff flesh sounded behind her. Even without looking, she knew what he had done. "'You're a monster,' she whispered. McMorning smiled. "'There's my broken flower,' the dead judge said. Oh, and it wasn't his voice. It couldn't be. It was deeper. Darker, distant. Justice turned and raised her pistol. Her hand shook nervously for a moment before steadying, offsetting the weight of her greatsword in the other. He cocked his head to the side unnaturally, as if taking a moment to understand what it meant to be alive again. The bloodstained bandana fell from his face, revealing a white and red bony jaw. With one eye, he stared into the barrel of the gun. This is how you greet me after so long. His words dragged like a snake stalking its prey. Justice pulled the hammer back and took a deep breath. The judge shoved the zombie back, drawing her blade across its belly as it fell from the parted flesh poured viscous, rotten guts. The creature clawed at her face, digging long ruts into her cheeks. Swinging again, she removed its arm and then finally its head. Three more took its place, and several dozen refused to wait their turn. The shuffling corpses clawed and climbed their way over the fallen, forming a wall of shifting rot and bony fingers. Within the surrounding horde, Sebastian darted between legs and torsos, snickering like a child as he inched closer to the marshals. A guardsman saw his failed attempts at hiding in plain sight and started firing, but the short, stout accomplice vanished into the mass of graying flesh before the bullets could connect. Moments after pulling the trigger, the wall closest to the guardsman split open from Sebastian's saw. The revving blade tore through the guard's kneecap and up into his thigh, shredding away the muscle and bone. Another guard stepped through the gap in the wall, sword in hand, only to have his arm severed from his body. Blood painted the ceiling. Sebastian wiped his face clean, then picked up the arm from the floor and offered it to the shot guard lying against the wall bleeding out. Lost something, he said with a malicious grin on his face. Sebastian disappeared into the shambling pack as quickly as he came. Only his laughter remained. As the judge drove her sword through a zombie's jaw, she turned to avoid the stench and coagulated blood that spewed from the wound, and through a window between the wall of flesh, she saw the riot-breaker in the courtyard below being overwhelmed by the undead like a swarm of locusts. With its gears clogged from gore, its chassis dented, and its eye pulled from its socket, the riot-breaker blindly let loose a barrage from its gatling gun, only for the barrel to be lifted and turned toward the hallway where the judge and company were held down. Bullets sprayed indiscriminately, piercing through the wall of zombies, then cutting into the death marshals themselves. There was no time to react. As Collins was reloading his Peacebringer, two bullets connected with his chest and then his neck. In the center of the swarm, being cut down from the Riot Breaker's onslaught, sparks flew from Sebastian's revving blade and the ceramic floor beneath him. Flashes of orange and white revealed that he was cutting a hole while bouncing from foot to foot, "'as though he were dancing in excitement. "'He even started to whistle. "'Mac was the first to notice in the chaos "'and let loose bullet after bullet. "'One met the hand that Sebastian used "'to steady the bouncing circular saw. "'McMorning's lackey shook his hand in pain, "'then put the wound to his mouth, "'lapping up the blood that poured from his palm. "'He looked toward the death marshal recruit, "'eyes filled with madness and a mouth full of his own blood, "'then kicked down onto the floor.' opening a hole to the ground below. Sebastian shook his bloodied hand, offering an obscene gesture to the Death Marshal before smiling and jumping down the freshly made hole. The continuing sound of the Riot Breaker's bullets entering through flesh and wood soon became muffled as the mass of zombies surrounding the construct became too thick to fire through. Then the gunfire unceremoniously ended as its limbs were torn from its metallic body the zombies continued to inch their way out of the walls and into the hallway. Some now pocked full of gaping, smoking holes. From the courtyard, the muffled warmth of the exploding riot breaker was followed by shards of flying metal and dismembered corpses. Within a matter of moments, the situation went from dire to desperate. Collins was down, grabbing at the bloody ruin of his throat, while Mac and Peterson crouched back to back. Most of the guardsmen were just so much gore littering the hallway. Bodies torn and misshapen. Others had managed their escape before the havoc let loose, but the judge could see their bodies twitching at the end of the hallway. How long until they joined the ranks of the undead and added to the fight? Get out of here, the judge shouted. There are too many. Where's the lady? Peterson shouted in desperation. The judge fired a round into another zombie, then clicked empty. Good question, she thought her mind reeling. Justice and the former judge circled one another. She couldn't find it in her to pull the trigger. Despite his head looking like an eclipsed moon, his skin grey and disintegrating, he still had the same charming toss of blonde hair. He was still her judge. But a whisper in the back of her mind told her otherwise. His soul was lost when they brought down Nicodem together. Whatever stood in front of her now was something else entirely, a false or lost memory. The hair toss wasn't even the same when most of it was matted with dry blood and rotting bits of brain. It's true, isn't it? McMorning broke the silence. Those eyes really are something special. Little birds have told me such interesting things about you as of late, Lady Justice. To be frank, I couldn't believe it myself. The things we bury to protect those we love, <laughs> Without hesitation, she swung her arm out and shot at McMorning, without even looking in his direction, just barely missing. The bullet connected with a beaker full of an acidic liquid, which splashed against his coat and onto the floor. McMorning jumped and let out a nervous laugh. In the time it took her to pull the trigger, the zombified judge closed the distance between them without making a sound a thin black mist drifting in his wake. "'Aren't you glad to see an old friend?' he whispered, his mouth unmoving. "'I thought this lovely husk might help jog your memory.' Lady Justice was near frozen with fear, the first in a very long time. The voice that emanated from him was like the abyss itself, an echo within an echo, shrouded and distant." She knew it. You don't seem thrilled. Maybe you don't remember. A broken flower left to wilt and die. Who was it who encouraged you to stand back up? He's speaking to you, isn't he? But Morning's grin couldn't get any wider. Inquisitive minds must know What's he saying? What's he saying? Justice screamed guttural and frenzied. In a fluid motion, she took a step back, dropped her gun back into its holster, brandished her blade in both hands, and swung it at whatever it was that had taken over the old judge's body. He matched her speed, and their swords met in the darkness. Sparks flew as the metal clashed, igniting a puddle of alchemy on the ground. Liquid fire danced across the floor and up the dead judge's leg, but he ignored it focused only on her. Still blinded by rage, the whispering voice filled the room, but only she heard it. It was that fury that drew you to me, and me to you. She swung again and again, each time being blocked by the undead judge, as if he knew her every move. He softly laughed, behind the motionless skeletal jaw. Then he swung back, a mist-like darkness drifting within him like the shadow of a caged spirit. She countered just as deftly, but his immense power pushed her back. Her hand shook from the vibration of her hilt and fear. He was late. Huh. She wouldn't believe me even if I told him. But couldn't contain his amusement. Despite being unable to hear the conversation, his mind wandered at the endless possibilities. We had a deal, little flower. You know where I am, yet you do not come to pluck me from the soil, as I did for you when you needed saving. You have done nothing, Lady Justice said, swinging with each phrase. Let bring ruin and pain and heartache, never again. With each blade rush, she pushed him back a step. You think you need saving? I'd rather watch you burn the fire climbing up his leg now covered half his body. You're wilting, little flower. You need me. Trust in me. Lady Justice raised her sword, and he did the same to counter, but instead she kicked out his knee. He fell backward in a cloud of black smoke, then immediately sat back up. Without hesitation, Justice swung her sword down onto his skull, splitting it open. The grotesque and profane voice laughed, seemingly filling the room. There with me, your garden of dead roses. Come to us, save us, and the world is yours. Save yourself, Lady Justice said, as she drove her blade down through the corpse of her former lover before he could speak another word, cleaving him in two. The black shadow within him crumbled into the air, meeting with the surrounding ash and smoke. Justice stood there, her lungs heaving for breath as she held back tears, supporting herself on the sword. The flames were catching. The judge's split and dried corpse was nearly consumed by the quickly spreading flames. She wanted to reach down, to touch him, but the heat drove her back. "'Well, this has all been a wonderful experience,' McMorning said. "'I really must be going.' She heard the sound of the door banging open at the end of the hallway. McMorning's blood-stained lab coat disappeared into the tangled garden beyond. Anger flared through her. She shouldered her blade and charged after him, rushing through the flames as they consumed the lab. Outside, Lady Justice came across the metallic remains of the Riot Breaker scattered across the courtyard. Covered and dismantled in dismantled and twitching corpses. The sound of breaking glass and scrabbling claws reached her from the opposite wing, crawling with the undead. They climbed out of broken windows, tearing the bars from their moorings as they left. The swarms converging on a single room on the second floor, near the end of the hall. Everything in her burned, but somehow she focused and expanded her senses. What she immediately felt was regret. No. She was distracted for too long, lured away by a madman in her own fury. Inside, she could hear the new judge arguing with her marshals about the best way to die. Justice gave McMorning's fleeing back a final look, then ran through the courtyard of corpses to save her marshals. To live defeated and inglorious is to die daily, McMorning quoted. Ha! That muttonhead was right for once. What the muttonhead, both. "'Sebastian said as he tightened the poorly wrapped bandage around his hand with his teeth. "'Nothing, ye imbecile. Just stand still, would ye? "'The school burned with a satisfying plume of greenish smoke and the smell of torched formaldehyde. "'The black silhouettes of Lady Justice and her entourage swayed against the bright light of the flames. "'They were trying to keep the conflagration from spreading to the adjoining buildings. "'McMorning watched from a storm drain, shifting back and forth on Sebastian's shoulders.' Puffs of reddish hair stuck through the bars of the drain. How noble of them, McMorning said. We really should do this more often, Sebastian. I always liked a nice fire. Not really. (laughs) Your department, boss, Sebastian grunted. McMorning squirmed on Sebastian's shoulders, trying to get a better look at the flames. His knee went into Sebastian's mouth. Perhaps I need to change things up a bit. I mean, crowds of the recently dead only go so far. Do you like fire, Sebastian? Maybe we should invest in a crematorium. <clears throat> Sebastian answered. The morning shifted again, removing his knee and then staring down at the patch of slick saliva that was slowly staining his pant leg black. I oh, ain't particular, boss. I, uh, you're gonna be much longer. Always complaining, never grateful. McMorning clambered down from Sebastian's shoulders, landing in a puddle. I sometimes wonder if you wouldn't be more useful to me dead. Let's not get hasty, boss. Sebastian took a nervous step back. Hmm, I suppose not. Besides, I would so dearly miss our little conversations. McMorning stared up at the grate, listening to the crackle of flames and watching the smoke drift up into the night sky. Ha! That gives me an idea. Come on. He wiped the saliva from his pants on Sebastian. Let's go home. Lady Justice paused in front of the enclave. The huge doors, emblazoned with the sigil of the guild, stared down at her. Back here again. Defeated again. The weight of her failure was telling, but her rage was more. That rage would sustain her, and McMorning would pay. They would all pay. Get him inside and see that the doctor does something about that leg, the judge said behind her. Justice looked back. The judge was fussing over her marshals, fresh from their first battle. Many hadn't made it back. Fewer would recover. It was a bad blow, but the judge didn't seem to mind. At the very least, she didn't show it. The judge looked up and caught Justice watching her. I'll have the casualty report soon, and some recommendations about which recruits should be elevated. We have ranks to fill. Justice nodded silently. The judge went about her business. Hardly a glorious return for our hero, Daschle said. The freshly minted commander had been waiting by the front gate. I take it our former friend got away. Pity I wasn't there to help. The judge interjected. We've got wounded that need immediate attention, If you're not going to help carry them in, then at least get out of the way. Mac and Peterson, both covered in soot and blood, assisted those they could into the Enclave, making multiple trips as necessary. Patrolmen came out to help, bringing back the wounded and deceased on stretchers and crutches. Just what the hell happened out there? Dashiell said, finally seeing the scope of the damage. McMorning happened. Justice snapped from a distance, then walked away. After a moment, Dashiell turned to the judge. I hate to say it, but this is what happens when you chase down vengeance. No, this is what happens when evil is allowed to grow in the hearts of men, the judge coldly responded, then helped the last few injured into the building. Staring at the aftermath and baffled by her response, Dashiell swallowed his pride then caught up to her. "'Screw the paperwork,' he said, his face hardening. "'Next time we hear any mention of that psychopath, we bring the full force of the guild.' The judge nodded, sombre and stoic, and the two went their separate ways, assisting where they could. Inside, Lady Justice leaned against a wall, exhausted. Her head was pounding, and all she could taste was ash. The events replayed in her head like a broken record— Despite the panic shuffling around her to ensure that the wounded were treated, she heard nothing of the sort. The only sound that echoed between her ears was the spirit's ceaseless laughter. (laughs) ¶¶ That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Maliforne.